European Hearts Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 21, Focus Issue on ACS, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Acute Coronary Syndromes and Sudden Cardiac Death in the Modern Era The devastating event in the natural history of coronary artery disease is myocardial infarction. After an infarction, the occurrence of major cardiovascular events increases several folds despite current management. As outlined in the definition of myocardial infarction, such an event may occur spontaneously due to bleeding, hypotension, acute heart failure, or a very fast heart rate, present itself as sudden death, or be a complication of percutaneous myocardial infarction or bypass surgery. The spontaneous, or type 1, infarctions are commonly due to a plaque rupture, particularly the so-called ST-segment elevation myocardial infarctions, or STEMI, and less commonly to erosion. Of note, lifestyle changes and improved medical therapy have decreased cardiovascular mortality in many countries over the last decades and reduced the incidence of STEMI compared to non-STEMI. Therefore, the clinical review article Atherosclerotic Plaque Vulnerability in the Statin Era by Jan Nilsson and colleagues from the Lund University in Malmö, Sweden is a timely contribution. The authors remind us that the progress of medical management has been accompanied by changes in disease characteristics, including more non-STEMI and less vulnerable plaques, as assessed by histological analysis of surgical specimens. However, around 10-15% to of patients with acute coronary syndrome still suffer from recurrent cardiovascular events, despite state-of-the-art therapy, including statins. It is likely that this reflects a state of the disease in which statins control the effects of lipids, allowing other statin-unresponsive diseases to become increasingly important, in particular inflammatory pathways. Thus, it is critical to reach a better understanding of alternative mechanisms for plaque vulnerability, such as altered patterns of blood flow caused by plaque stenosis, resulting in downregulation of the anti-inflammatory and antithrombotic signals in the endothelium, impaired vascular repair associated with diabetes, and plaque inflammation driven by cholesterol crystals, infectious pathogens, as well as autoimmune responses against modified plaque components. Novel biomarkers and other diagnostics are required to establish the clinical importance of these mechanisms, as well as to determine how they might be amenable to current and novel treatments. STEMI is an absolute emergency that should undergo percutaneous coronary intervention, or PCI, as soon as possible. In some patients, STEMI is associated with ventricular fibrillation and sudden cardiac death, an aspect that is addressed in a first clinical research manuscript entitled Distance to Invasive Heart Center, Performance of Acute Coronary Angiography and Angioplasty and Associated Outcome in Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest, a nationwide study by Tina Tranberg and colleagues from the Aarhus University Hospital in Denmark. They evaluated a nationwide cohort of 41,186 unselected out-of-hospital cardiac arrest patients 
the distance from the site of event to an invasive heart centre, acute coronary angiography, PCI, and hospital level of care, i.e. invasive heart centre versus local hospital, are associated with survival. Patients receiving bystander cardiopulmonary resuscitation increased from 18% in 2001 to 60% in 2013, achieving return of spontaneous circulation increased from 10% in 2001 to 29% in 2013, and being admitted directly to an invasive centre increased from 26% in 2001 to 45% in 2013. Simultaneously, 30-day survival rose from 5% in 2001 to 12% in 2013. Among patients achieving return of spontaneous circulation, a larger proportion underwent acute angiography and PCI from 5% in 2001 to 27% in 2013. The proportion of patients undergoing acute angiography and PCI annually in each region was defined as the angiography slash PCI index. The following variables were associated with lower mortality in multivariable analyses. Direct admission to invasive heart centre with a hazard ratio of 0.91, performance of angiography slash PCI with a hazard ratio of 0.33, a population density above 2,000 per kilometre squared with a hazard ratio of 0.94, bystander cardiopulmonary resuscitation with a hazard ratio of 0.97 and witnessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrest with a hazard ratio of 0.87, whereas distance to the nearest invasive centre was not associated with survival. Thus, admission to an invasive heart centre and regional performance of acute angiography slash PCI were associated with improved survival in out-of-hospital cardiac arrest patients whereas distance to the invasive centre was not. These results support a centralised strategy for immediate post-resuscitation care in out-of-hospital cardiac arrest patients, a finding that is further discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Christian Michael Spaulding from the Hôpital Européen Georges Pompidou in Paris, France. Studies have reported less favourable outcomes in women compared with men after primary percutaneous coronary intervention in ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction. In a second clinical research manuscript entitled Infarct Size, Left Ventricular Function and Prognosis in Women Compared to Men After Primary PCI in STEMI, results from an individual patient-level pooled analysis of 10 randomised trials, Ioana Cosmidou and colleagues from the Cardiovascular Research Foundation in New York, USA, analyzed this issue further. They used pooled patient-level data from 10 randomized primary PCI trials in which infarct size was measured within one month by either cardiac magnetic resonance imaging or Technetium-99M Sestamibai single-photon emission computed tomography. They assessed the association between sex, infarct size, and left ventricular ejection fraction, and the composite rate of death or heart failure hospitalization within one year. Of 2,632 patients with STEMI undergoing primary PCI, 22.3% were women who were older and had a longer delay between symptom onset and reperfusion than did men. 
infarct size did not significantly differ between women and men, but women had higher left ventricular ejection fraction. Nonetheless, women had a higher one-year rate of death or heart failure hospitalization compared to men. Cosmudu and colleagues conclude that among patients with STEMI undergoing primary PCI, women had a higher one-year rate of death or heart failure hospitalization compared to men, a finding not explained by sex-specific differences in the magnitude or an impact of infarct size or by differences in post-infarction cardiac function. These provocative findings are further analysed in an editorial by Yulinda Mehili from the Klinikum der Universität München in Germany. Increased public awareness of the warning signs of a heart attack and the importance of early medical intervention may help to prevent premature deaths from out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, an issue that has been addressed in a clinical research article Impact of a Public Awareness Campaign on Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest on Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest Incidents and Mortality Rates by Ziad Neymar and colleagues from the Ambulance Victoria in Blackburn North, Victoria, Australia in a registry of 25,060 out-of-hospital cardiac arrests. The mean monthly incidents of and deaths resulting from out-of-hospital cardiac arrest were 207 and 189 events respectively. After adjustment for temporal trends, campaign activity was associated with a 6.0% reduction in the monthly incidence of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, or 11.7% with the addition of residual effects in two additional lag months. Similarly, the rate of deaths from out-of-hospital cardiac arrest was reduced by 6.4% during months with campaign activity. Campaign activity had a greater effect in males and patients aged above or equal 65 years and reduced the incidence of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest in unwitnessed and initial non-shockable arrests. In the segmented regression analysis, the intervention period was associated with a 15.2% reduction in the monthly incidence and a 16.6% reduction in deaths from out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. Thus, a comprehensive mass media campaign targeting the community's awareness of heart attack symptoms leads to a substantial reduction in the incidence of -of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest and associated deaths, a finding that is put into context by Hein J.J. Vellens from the University of Maastricht in the Netherlands. Patients with human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV, infection have an increased cardiovascular risk. Whether this is related to changes on platelet reactivity is uncertain, but is addressed in the last research article, Platelet Reactivity in HIV-Infected Patients on Dual Antiplatelet Therapy for an Acute Coronary Syndrome, the Everest HIV study by Frank Bocara and colleagues from the Assistance Publique Hôpitaux de Paris and Université Pierre et Marie Curie in Paris, France. 80 ACS patients infected with HIV were matched with 160 ACS patients without HIV. Platelet reactivity was evaluated after ACS by measuring residual platelet aggregation to aspirin and to P2Y12 inhibitors with light transmission aggregometry. 
Verify Now Aspirin Assay and P2Y12 Assay PRU, and with the VASP Platelet Reactivity Index. The proportion of patients with high residual platelet reactivity was evaluated. HIV-infected ACS patients had higher levels of platelet reactivity in response to P2Y12 inhibitors with a residual platelet reactivity of 24% versus 15%, the P2Y12 assay of 132 versus 107, and VASP platelet reactivity index of 45% versus 32%, and to aspirin with a residual platelet reactivity of 3.6% versus 0.4%, and a Verify Now aspirin assay of 442 versus 407 compared to non-HIV. HIV infection was independently associated with increased platelet reactivity regardless of the test used and a higher proportion of high residual platelet reactivity in response to P2Y12 inhibitors. Similar results were found with aspirin. Protease inhibitor use was associated with increased platelet reactivity and higher rates of high residual platelet reactivity. Thus, ACS patients infected with HIV have increased levels of platelet reactivity and higher prevalence of high residual platelet reactivity to P2Y12 inhibitors and aspirin than non-HIV patients. These results could provide potential explanations for the observed increased risk of recurrent ischemic events in the HIV-infected population, a conclusion that is critically discussed in an editorial by Paul A. Goebel from the Innova Heart and Vascular Institute in Baltimore, Maryland, USA. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.